Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, certified financial planner and director of financial planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Welcome to the July edition of uh, New Money Tips. And uh, we thought with the, the summer in full swing and you know, hopefully the weather uh, as nice as it can be, uh, we, we take a little bit of a lighter episode today and talk about you know, some good summer reads. So if you're sitting on the beach, what are some things that, you know, books that we've read or experienced that you know, have a money focus to them and you know, personal finance bent and you know, may help improve yourself, but uh, you know, might, be, might be interesting to read. So uh, as always, I'm joined here with uh, Brandon Parker, one of our advisors here at Great Point Wealth Advisors. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks for having me today, Matt. Excellent. Um, so, and you know, Brandon, um, you know, we kind of have different uh, reading styles and different books. So, uh, I'm going to I'm going to ask Brandon for a couple of his tips and kind of why he picked those. On then I'll share some of the books that I picked and kind of um, you know, kind of the rationale behind them. And you know, if you get a chance to read even just one of them, my guess is it's going to have a little bit of an impact in your mindset of you know, incorporating financial planning habits into your, you know, fall routine as you come off the beach and, uh, you know, excited, unfortunately, in New England, the short, short summer season, and you're already looking forward to next year. So, um, so Brandon, uh, you know, I know we did a little bit of homework off the scenes, but um, what are some books that you would, uh, you would recommend this summer? Yeah, so there's one I just read recently, um, called The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. And, um, it's, it's a really good book for a lot of reasons. And I think it, you know, it matches a lot with our philosophy as far as, um, you know, our firm goes, but a couple of the kind of key concepts that I took away that I think were really powerful. Um, you know, so one of them is just pessimism. It's really, you know, a lot of times it appeals to kind of that fight or flight part of our brains. And so it's really easy to give in. And when you look at, you know, modern media, a lot of what they do is built to kind of tap into that, that fight or flight uh, mentality that we that we have from you know evolution basically. Um, so one of the things that that psychology of money talks about is um, you know how do you how do you overcome that that short term negativity and how do you look forward with optimism and and one of the biggest things that most of those pessimistic headlines usually ignore is that you know humans have um, a really strong ability to adapt to change. It's one of the things that that has brought us to where we are today in this world. So um, usually those pessimistic viewpoints kind of ignore the fact that, hey, you know what, we can actually adapt to a new environment over time. So that was that was kind of cool. And and it definitely matches a little bit of our investment philosophy and, and how we believe that participating in the market is basically participating in that optimism for the future and for companies to continue to innovate and grow um, over time. So that was that was one of the points that stuck with me really early. One of the, um, yeah, I, I had a chance to read that book as well. And one of the things I liked about it is it's not like a novel. It's not, it doesn't read like you don't have to read the entire book. It, it was a series of maybe 12 to 20 short stories or, you know, lessons. Um, so, and they kind of flow a little bit into each other, but you can, you can read three of them and then take a break and in your next beach weekend, read a few more. Um, but it was just written from such a, like a oh, that's like when you read it, you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> it was so yeah. easy. Uh, you don't need to have a degree in finance to to be able to understand it or interpret it. Um, it was just a real, you know, uh, good read. Yeah, that's that's a great point. It honestly, it's a pretty good beach read because you can you can rip through it. You can read for 15 minutes and read one chapter and feel like you've kind of 
you know, gotten something out of that and gotten something concrete. Um, yeah, so I, I like that about it as well. Um, pretty good beach read. The other thing that I really liked about it, and without going too much in depth, um, you know, we talk a lot about financial plans here. Um, the One of the chapters is basically about why your plan is wrong. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a bad thing, right? But um, really what it comes back to is, you know, there's always surprise events. There's things that we can't really predict. You know, we, we have a decent idea of what might happen in the future, but it never really turns out exactly the way that we think. And so that really underscores uh, the idea of having a safety margin built into your plan. So um, again, it kind of ties back to a little bit of what we do. Um, you know, when we create a financial plan and, and work with clients, we always want to have a pretty high degree of safety built into that and, um, you know, some ability to absorb change or absorb uh, surprises along the way. Nice. So, you know, that that's, like I said, a good beach read. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in with one that's uh, maybe for a little bit more uh, scientific or uh, not a good beach read. I've definitely dozed off once or twice while I started reading this one. Um, but if you are at all interested in the science behind how – your money and your brain works. Uh, there's a book by Jason Zweig, and it's called Your Money and Your Brain. Um, and I've, I've shared some snippets uh, with clients, and we talk about this, and there's just some, uh, you know, it talks about how your brain reacts. So let's say the stock market goes up on Monday, and you get a little bit excited. And then the market goes up on Tuesday, you get even a little bit more excited. And then the market goes down on Wednesday. Um, it's different it has a whole different component in your brain of how you react because you anticipated good, good. Your brain is saying day three is going to be good. And then when day three is bad, it has like you drop your mentally, you drop even below day one. <laughs> so it just talks about how uh, the psycho, the, the science of, you know, watching market returns and investment decisions impact different parts of your brain um, and some of the chemical reactions that are happening, um, which we can't change, we can't control, but if we at least are aware of them, um, it might have us not watching the, the daily tickers every day if we're investing for 30 years because it's just not worth it. Um, but just, you know, so we can kind of be, uh, uh, you know, uh, a little bit more self-aware when we get into these these challenging situations. So um, once again, your money in your brain, it's thick, it's small font, but if you at all enjoy the science or you've got a, a neuroscience background and you want a little bit more about money, it's a really, it's a really fun economic read. Um, so what else do you have on your list, Brandon? Uh, yeah, so I touched on the lighter one, Psychology of Money. Um, the second one is, is actually kind of what a book that got me started a little bit on this pathway towards being a financial advisor. Um, it's called Your Money or Your Life. And really the the core concept of it all is, um, you know, trying to define what money is, right? And that seems like such an obvious thing. And there's a lot of things that you could apply to that. You know, you could say money is freedom. You could say money is ability to buy something or to make an exchange. Um, but the kind of core concept is, you know, money is something that we exchange our life energy for in one way, shape or form, you know, so maybe that means buying something, you know, you worked hard and then you bought something with that, you know, the outcome of that. Um, or it might mean, you know, basically exchanging, um, you know, time to a company and you're getting something in return for that. So when you start to think of money in that sense, then it, it can change how you, how you balance things. Um, so it's, it's more of a, uh, a life book than it is necessarily a finance book, but it definitely ties into finances. Um, 
and uh, it's not a light read. It's a little bit uncomfortable, I would say, because you have to really kind of dig deep and think about it if you um, if you want to get anything out of it. But highly recommend it. It's it's um, it's an older book. I think it was originally written in the '80s, but has been updated a bunch of different times. And now I think there's a version from like 2018, I want to say, so a little bit more modern. But definitely worth checking out. It's one that um, again, it kind of changed the way that I think about money and changed my relationship with money. Um, you know, it's kind of about uh, building an empower, empowering relationship with money. So I think that's that's and a I, pretty valuable thing. <laughs> I know we've talked off camera about that idea of, you know, uh, if I work more, I'll have more money. But there's also this concept of enough. So I work more, but then I don't have enough time. So at some point, you have to make these decisions that, well, you know what, I've got enough. I, I can't invest any more time in, you know, work so because i'm i've got enough i can go enjoy it a little bit or i'm gonna i'm gonna opt to for family or whatever you know whatever it may be so that you know there's not a it's not a definitive line hey this is enough i need more but there's somewhere in between you know which is a lot of the, a lot of things people struggle with you know they feel that anxiety or social pressure to go keep working even though they have enough or they know they are good at it so why not keep doing it even though i have enough uh it kind of helps balance it um yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. One of the one of the exercises that they do in the book is, you know, they did a survey back in the day and went around the room and asked everybody, what would enough money look like for you? And consistently, everybody basically said 50 to 100% more than they had, right? So <laughs> there might be somebody in front of me that had $50 million, but they still wanted 50 to 100% more too. So there's this there's this idea and this tension of, of trying to get to a point where, you know what, I got what I need covered, covered that's going to be different for everybody. And, it, you know, that's part of, um, part of the beauty of personal finances and, you know, how you build your life. But, um, yeah, the idea of enough is, is huge. And I think it's, it's something that actually came up quite a bit in psychology of money too. It, um, it's going to help you relax in a sense, if you get to a point and understand what enough looks like for you. Yeah. And kind of along those lines, um, you know, the, the author of the next book is, was a form, a leader at the very first company I worked for, Doug Lenick, and um, you know, at American Express, which became Ameriprise, and um, he, the way he would communicate, you know, values-based decisions, it was just you know better than anyone I've ever heard talk about the topic. And he wrote a book called Financial Intelligence. He's also done a lot of work on emotional intelligence and some moral intelligence, but it's basically the kind of the blending together. The, your financial decisions with your va- your personal values, um, you know. So, so for some people, you know, it's more whatever your core values are might dictate which your financial in- intelligence, your financial decision should be. So, you know, one for time, you know, if you kind of look back a hundred years ago, tithing was something that you know people that were in their religion were expected to do, and it was just kind of the way you built your life. But now, if you talk to anybody about giving ten percent of your money away to charity or to your church. They'd say that's impossible, and I can't buy the new boat, car, blah 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 blah. But if 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 charity and or or that religion or that cause is extremely important to you, then you might change the decisions you make around it so you could do that ten percent donation. Um, you know, and that's just one example. But you know, understanding your decisions and the and the values that you have, um, you know, this book kind of helps tie those two together. And, um, you know, I think it's, uh, once again, it, it's maybe a little, almost a little bit of self-help. So if you're going to kind of just read the book and not do anything with it, you know, maybe it won't be the most exciting read. But if you're thinking, geez, I have all these things I want to do and I have to figure out, I, I, don't, I don't have unlimited resources. How do I align my, the money I have with the things that are important to me? Um, it's, a, it's a good, a good 
a book as well as, you know, he has a lot of online content and, uh, you know, both in the personal space as well as the leadership training. So, you know, you can you find a lot of resources uh, out there that will kind of align with those decisions. So, um, and I'll keep going. My last one I have is kind of an older book. It's called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, so once again, just talking about some of the the core basics of wealth accumulation and being, you know, uh, you know, you know, the term rich, maybe not the, as applicable. I mean, people don't necessarily want to be rich or they, maybe they do, but it just talks about some of the core philosophies of building wealth, building financial intelligence, um, and some things that you can do along the way. So, and, and once again, you're not going to do them all. And maybe, like I said, your goal may not be to be rich, but if you could just in, in incorporate one or two of the ideas into your daily exercises or habits, it's going to, to make an impact of, you know, having to worry about money forever or maybe getting to a point where you're starting to feel a little bit more comfort or breathing room um, you know as you as you continue to you know make and earn and, and grow your 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 money base um, so Brandon what else do you have on your list uh, so the last one is is fiction but it's it's definitely one of those that I think most people are probably familiar with and um, so it's called The Alchemist. Uh, a lot of people had to read it in school. It's, it's relatively short. It's kind of punchy. Um, but I just read it for the first time. It was pretty cool. I, one of the things I really like about it, and it ties a little bit back to our conversation about networking a little while back, but um, kind of the idea that you have agency in your life. And if you get out there, you put yourself out there, good things tend to happen, right? Uh, I think the line from the book is, the universe conspires for you. I think most of us might be a little skeptical of that, but the idea, generally speaking, is you know if you put yourself out there proactively, you get out there and try to do something good, you try to accomplish something, um, you're that much more likely to kind of you know find good luck, right? You make your own luck. A lot of coaches will say that, and I'm sure many people in in sports have heard that, right? Um, but you know there's truth in that. If you if you're proactive, um, good things can happen. So. It was a it was a really cool book. It's pretty fast read. I think it's only about about a hundred pages. Um, so that one that one's a good a good light reading if anybody has uh, some beach time in their near future. Yeah, and like I said, when it comes to what books to read, and like, you know, there's a, if you go into any airport books board, there's there's four hundred books on personal finance and top ten things and finance in five minutes and and all these types of things. And some of them are action based, some of them are just kind of more anecdotal stories. Um, so as a reader, you know, hey, I want something that's light and you know, some inspiring stories, or I want like something where I can start making my to-do list with, or I want to, you know, understand the why behind it and you know, read something that's more science driven or or financial related. So um, but you know, your homework for this summer, hopefully you're enjoying your summer so far, is just maybe pick up one book. It doesn't have to be on our list. It could be something you find on your own. But just read one book that kind of applies to personal finance or finance and values or money matters or stock investing or you know whatever it is. Um, you know, I mean, The Big Short or uh, Moneyball or, or things like that. You know, things that are fun reads that talk about maybe some past financial events or future financial outlooks. Just so you could be kind of a student of personal finance um, and you know Im- improve things while you're sitting on a beach or or you know. Uh, doing something fun this summer. So um, with that being uh, said, you know, hopefully you enjoy your summer. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Matt Schroeder, and this is Brandon Parker, and we are Great Points. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. 
The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.